This is Paul Grant, and from everyone at the Legacy and Faith Show and from the Law Office of Planning with Purpose, we want to extend to you and yours a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. In Isaiah chapter 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. As you look towards the new year, I hope that this scripture will touch your heart, that you will have the ability to see and experience a greater increase in your life of his government and of his peace, and that by that, it will be extended to a dying world. We'll have a wonderful Christmas and happy new year from all of us at the Legacy and Faith Show. Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney, Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. I'm with co-host Mark Holland, another edition of the Legacy and Faith Show with estate and tax planning attorney, Paul Grant. Hi, Paul. Hello, Mark. Just commiserating a little before we start recording today. Uh, oh, yeah, cha- that, that, that's what we do sometimes. The challenges of <laughs> estate planning, and if you've ever been involved in uh, trying to settle someone's estate, a family estate, it can be very challenging. And it that's why, be. why people want to uh, hire people like you, Paul, so that we don't have the same challenges. Yeah, being, being prepared is one of the most key factors. And what I experienced, actually, some of our uh, discussion was, when individuals think that they can do this on their own, when they think that they can find the cheap and easy way out, or they use words such as, this is simple. Well, what that really is code for is, I'm cheap. Right. Um, and so uh, so that being cheap is not being a good steward, so the, that's different. Okay, Now, being, um, being prudent with your money is one thing, but being cheap is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. So... We really need to figure this out. We really need to have a strong estate plan because um, because the one who dies doesn't have to deal with it anymore. We're leaving a part of our legacy to the next generation of a complete disaster or something that runs smoothly or something that is supposed to run smoothly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we really need to engage and have a conversation about what does it mean to have estate planning. Now, here's the thing, is that estate planning is really made up of two major components. And I think that most individuals think about the first component very little, and the second component gets overemphasized. So the first component of estate planning is we need to have our estate in order for our lifetime because there is a high probability that someone will experience some type of disability or incapacitation during their lifetime, mm-hmm. and they will need help. Right. So that's my definition of disability, is that at some point in your lifetime, you need help. So if you've reached the age of 65, there is now a 75% chance that you are going to need someone else to step in during your lifetime to run your finances, make healthcare decisions for you, and simply be a support mechanism. And that is the component, that is the discussion where most people 
fail in their estate plan. They now, think that just a that? simple power of attorney can do it all. Okay. Why is that? People uh, think they're going to live forever or they just are afraid or what? Well, because we ha- I, I think what I see is that we have a false sense of security that I'm in control. Mm. Uh, now, number one, it's really not a fun topic to sit around and say, hey, um, if if you've lost your mind, what do we do for you? I, nobody really wants to come to the reality of there is a high probability, not just a probability, but a high probability, 75 plus percent chance. And by the way, mm. medicine continues to get better and better. So mm. is that percentage getting higher and higher? I believe so, because now we're staying alive longer, but we're not experiencing the same quality of life at the end of our lifetimes. Right. So now I think that that 75% is actually increasing. So I think the topic in and of itself is just not a fun topic. Mm. I don't think we like to sit here and discuss our mortality. Now, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about right now what you, I mean. Independency. Yeah, mm-hmm. independence mm-hmm. And, and the ability to manage and control. See, we've been created in the image of God. And God is in full control of himself. And so being made in his image, we like the word control. And so it is a number one factor for everyone that I meet. Do you like to be in control of your finances? Absolutely. I want to have the power to be able to say, I want to sell my home today. Or I want the power to guide my financial advisor to say, sell that or give me that much money because I want to buy a car or because I need to pay off this or because I need to do uh, take a vacation. Whatever the issue mm-hmm. is that you want to mm-hmm. do with your money, we like control. So the, uh, the discussion of you're going to experience a time in your life where you are not going to be in control is just something we don't well, want do to you face. Think, do you think Christians, too, maybe think, well, God's just going to work all this out? Well, That's a major uh, yeah. e- excuse I hear from Christians all I, the time. I agree. And um, that's a really, really good point, is that I think that there is a false assumption of what God does and doesn't do. And so he has empowered us. So he has given us all power and authority on earth now. And that is what he has bestowed upon us. Again, we're created in his image. So he doesn't just snap his fingers and something mysteriously happens. There is a process and God is very predictable. And so I think that there is a false sense of security that says, well, God will just take care of it. But I really think that not only is it just a, um, I don't want to say it's bad theology. I don't think it's um, miseducation. I think we come back to that same issue that I was just talking about, Mark, which is we just don't want to talk about it. And it's easier to say, well, you know, God will deal with it. No, no, no. That's why he has given us wisdom. That's why he's empowered us with his Holy Spirit who gives us insight and wisdom. So, And that's why he has given us knowledge. So wisdom we are supposed to seek after wisdom. We're supposed to seek after knowledge. And that gives us our proper steps. That puts into perspective what our, what God has dropped into our heart to say, deal with this issue in life. That's the wisdom that God will give us, not a snap of the fingers at the end of our life. So I think we want to simply just die because that's a good solution. I would rather just be with the Lord. If I'm not here, then that means I'm with him. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've confessed him with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead, you shall be saved. I like that. I like salvation. That's a good thing. Right. 
However, well, who's going to clean up the mess after yeah, you head and, out of here? And not and not just the mess after you head out, but the mess while you're still you here. Go. Right. When you need assistance that we haven't talked about, that we haven't prepared for. And I think that's the first step in estate planning that is so overlooked is we are not having the conversation that things are not aligned. You don't have the proper people in place. We don't have the secure system that then when the right person does come in, that we have a system that will ensure that they will do the right thing on your behalf, that they won't steal from you, that you will be taken care of with the finances that you've worked hard for and that you've preserved for a time such as this, which is that you need them to be utilized for yourself. That is oftentimes a bigger mess than just simply dying and getting out of here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You have really brought that into focus. I, I, we forget that, uh, yeah, we're going to live longer now. You got 20, 30. I think that's one of the main things people are concerned about is they're yes. going to outlive their money. Too. I agree. That's something that's a real common fear. It, it is. And so, um, so look, I talk a lot about finances and, um, and there's really several different categories of finances that that we need to realize. Some people don't have very much. Um, and so, and of course, that's all perspective, right? One person could have $100,000 and they think that they're king of the hill. I have clients that have $10 million that have honest, serious discussions with me of whether or not they have enough that will last their lifetime. Mm. So it's all about perspective. Yeah. Okay, Um, and so what I determine to be a lot may not be what someone else determines to be a lot. So, but we do have individuals that don't have maybe on an earthly scale or or what common uh, belief system would be as not a lot. So these individuals are at a higher risk that if we don't do proper planning and someone mismanages whether it's intentional or not intentional, see really good, honest people could come in and make honest mistakes thinking that they're doing the right thing because they don't have education, they don't have proper understanding, they don't have proper wisdom on what to do to even take over. They may not intentionally be writing checks to themselves or buying themselves cars or doing other things that we hear about that actually do happen. The people who steal stuff, that's That is so unfortunate. That breaks my heart. But what breaks my heart equally is the estate that is not prepared. The estate to where good people have no idea what to do. And so they're making it up as they go along. And by the way, those good people have a life. They already have families usually. They already have financial pressures themselves. And now we're going to heap on, by the way, take care of everything in your own life and take care of mine simultaneously. Now, and that's why I don't think we like this conversation is because if we don't have knowledge, if we don't have wisdom, then the best solution is let's just not deal with the issue. Let's not even talk about the issue. And yet so many people would very quickly say, I don't want this to be a burden on my kids. But if you don't plan, whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, that's exactly where you're going to place your family. You are going to place them into a place of chaos of angst, of uh, of just this inability to move because now they are responsible for everything in your life while maintaining their own. And I think anybody listening to this first part of our conversation would absolutely agree that would be the worst thing. I don't want my family in that position. We haven't even gotten to anyone dying yet. Right. 
We haven't even talked about the messes that are left behind through really bad trusts and really bad wills and wills that are outdated and trusts that are, you know, 10 years old or somebody making their own amendment. Please stop doing that. Right. Right. Um, Which is something I'm facing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just, yeah. I, I know. I could it, get into all kinds of uh, it, exactly. horror stories. So, so, so when I heard some of yours too, you've got even more. I, I, that it's, it's very true. <laughs> and I, so there's a part of this whole discussion that if we don't even get to the table, if we don't even sit down with somebody that we believe that we can trust and that we believe has wisdom and understanding in this area for us, mm. if we don't even take that first step, then there is absolutely no hope. There is absolutely no way that a non-existing or an outdated or a do-it-yourself estate plan can meet your goals and objectives of leaving a smooth, adjusted, ready-to-go estate into the hands of those that you leave behind. Again, that's whether you are facing an incapacitation and need help during your lifetime, or whether or not you've actually died. Your, your future is very secure, but let's make sure that the family's future is just as secure for, for when you depart. Talking with state and tax planning attorney Paul Grant. This is all just kind of intro to what we'll really be talking about. Yeah, we haven't about. even gotten to the real topic <laughs> yet, have be, we? We're going to be re, uh, re-looking at the estate planning life cycle, but the biblical foundation for the estate planning life cycle as we come back from the break here in a moment. People are intrigued, though. They want to find out uh, how you can help them. How do they get in touch with you, Paul? Yeah, let's have the conversation. Let's start the process. And if you'd like to start that process... Head over to our website. It's LegacyInFaith.com. There's upcoming educational sessions. You can ask us questions by email. All of our past podcasts, a year's worth of podcasts. I've been doing this for a year. Can you believe it? A year um, of podcasts are back on LegacyInFaith.com. So head over to our website. Check out all the resources that we have. Back with more of the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant in just a moment. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith Show. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to LegacyInFaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to LegacyInFaith.com. Your photos, slides, scrapbooks, and home movies are invaluable and irreplaceable. Barry Kenny here with The Bear Services. Call us to save them as digital files to be stored electronically and shared liberally. We will even come to you so they stay in your possession. Go to thebearservices.com for more information. That's thebearservices.com. We now return to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant, and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. And along with co-host Mark Holland, the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant, kind of getting his uh, his take on the estate planning life cycle. Paul, we were saying before the break there that, or during the break, that uh, some of my personal experience with dealing with estates, I've had d- dealt with an estate that was really well planned, 
a living trust that was well executed. I had, as the executor trustee, the person in charge of trying to wrap it up yep. and make, make sure everything happened, it worked like a charm. Yes. And it was great. No probate, nothing. Yes. And uh, in California, no less, which is a tough state. Yeah. And uh, now I'm dealing with one that's the complete opposite, kind of a do-it-yourself living trust or something that wasn't uh, properly executed and nothing in the trust, and it's just a mess. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that story is that um – we have two people that have the same instrument. They use a trust, but yet one worked and one didn't. Yeah. So it's not about the instrument. It's not about whether or not you have paperwork. Estate planning is critically important to ensure that there is a process behind it. And that's really what makes my law firm completely different than any other, um, that at least that I know of, which is that we have a strategic process to ensure that the instrument is going to work long-term instead of just handing it off and wishing people good luck. So there's just too much at stake to not do this right. right. And again, that kind of goes back to where it doesn't matter how much or how little you have. Everyone needs estate planning. Why? Because we all need to make sure that what we do have is used properly during our lifetime for our benefit. And that's that's really the big key that we were talking about before break. But then number two is that when we do die, when it is our turn to go home and see our Savior face to face, then what happens with everything thereafter? So everybody needs either a will or a trust. Now, I typically use trusts. I don't like wills at all. Okay, I have no bones about but it. But there is a will in a trust, which is yes. kind of confusing. Yes, yeah. there, it's called a pour-over, mm-hmm. and so that's in case we have something that didn't get retitled into the name of the trust, or something is left in your personal name that could mean probate, or let, what if I was driving home today, and somebody cut me off and killed me in a car accident, it was their fault. Well, my wife isn't happy. So after almost 27 years of marriage, she still likes me. She says she wants to keep me around. So now someone else has taken me. She potentially is going to start a lawsuit because I was wrongfully killed. All of that flows through the will. Now, what the will says is that if anything comes to Paul's estate, go put it into the trust because I have all my instructions over there. That that That's the... That's where we want to keep everything. So, yes, there's always a will, but it just is supposed to point to say, go put it to the trust. So the instruments, um, they are a critical part, but we need a will or a trust. And again, I, I am far more in favor of using a trust. It's just a more flexible document. It's We can really do a much better job protecting you during your lifetime and protecting your heirs at death. Now, we also need a financial power of attorney, a healthcare power of attorney, and an end-of-life document. And if you have minor children, goodness gracious, why have you not done estate planning? Um, because we need guardianships. We uh, There are so many problems with minors inheriting money. It is more expensive for a minor to inherit money than somebody just dying and giving it to adults. It's it's just a catastrophe waiting to happen. So if you have a life insurance policy, which you should have when you have minor children, you should have a robust one. Um, so you need life insurance. And as soon as you have that, your estate now, you have an estate. I don't care again if you don't have much yet built up as far as equity in a home or investments or, um, or IRAs. 
If you have that life insurance policy sitting in the wings, then your family has something. They have cash if you were to die. So we need estate planning. We need guardianship documents if you have minor children. Now, all of this really comes down to the estate planning life cycle, which is the first step in everything. And really, we've taken a long time to discuss this, and it's called the exploration and education stage. So stage one, that's right. Stage one. And so it's a session about getting relevant information to make sure that you can make the proper decisions for your family. So we need to understand, we need to gain wisdom. Proverbs 1, seven says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, I still have people walk into my office, look at me and then walk out and not take my advice. Now, I'm not the Mr. All-Knowing, and and, uh, so I am not claiming that at all. But it continues to baffle me that you come for advice, but then you walk away saying, I'm going to do something counter than what the professional just said. And I don't care if you're doing it with your taxes. I don't care if you're doing it with your estate plan. I don't care if you're doing it in your own finances. You have professionals for a particular reason, because you have skills, knowledge, and wisdom in a certain area that God has given you to manage in your personal life. So I don't build my own house, and there's a really, really good reason why I'm not going to build my own house. It's because I'm not a contractor. Now, could I, with a lot of time and a lot of energy and going and um, and disassociating from what I do today and going and getting an apprentice job, could I, in X many years, gain the skill and the knowledge and the wisdom to actually take on that feat? Well, I think I could, yes. But that's the whole thing, is that what's the journey that you have to walk to gain that type of wisdom to do it well, to do it right, and to make sure that that whatever you're doing is going to really follow the the mm. process. So I don't build bridges. There's a really good reason I don't build bridges is because they will fall down. Okay. There's a good reason why I don't do my own taxes. Now that may sound funny because if you remember, I'm an estate and tax attorney. Yeah. So I actually have a master's in taxation, but my, but what I focus on is estate taxes. I don't do my own personal income taxes because I would have to keep up on all the wisdom and knowledge. I'm not a CPA. That is a different skill set than what I possess in having my master's of tax. They're different areas of the tax code. So therefore, I get wisdom and understanding in the area where, now, could I go figure that part out? Probably. But again, how much more time and effort do I need to do this in order to get good at it? So the whole point of the exploration and education of the estate planning life cycle is that we need wisdom. We need other people's wisdom who have learned, who have been trained. Proverbs 4, 6, and 7. Do not forsake wisdom, for she will protect you. And then number, verse number 7, we skip to 7, which says the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. So if you don't start your process and you live in a place of assumptions, well, I heard it from my next door neighbor, or I watched it with my parents' estate, or that is the way it works. You're living out of assumption and you're not gaining wisdom. Okay? So CNN cannot give you wisdom. So, and the verse continues, though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. That is what God has told us to do. God has said, 
put down everything and get what you need. Now, I'm, I've mentioned this. I mentioned it at the beginning. I'm going to mention it again here. Being cost efficient and being cheap are two different things. Being cheap will not get you understanding because here Proverbs 4 says, though it costs you everything. In other words, there is a cost to get proper wisdom and understanding. So please don't walk into my law, law office thinking that this is going to cost a couple hundred bucks. That That is not good wisdom, okay? There is a price to make sure you have it done well, and I believe that it is proper stewardship to utilize what God has given you to get the right wisdom and understanding. James 5.1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all and without fault. Proverbs 13.18, poverty... And shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. We need to get proper wisdom. We need to sit down and explore what does this estate planning journey look like? What is it that is necessary for your specific family? Every family is different. You have different finances, different dynamics, different children, different personalities, different skill sets, different um, different callings in your life. So there is not a cookie-cutter program. There's not a cookie-cutter document that can satisfy everything and everyone, which is why you can't do it online, because those are just cookie-cutters. That's why we need to sit down and have education. So my call to action today, our call to action is explore and educate yourself on this issue. If you head over to our to my website, LegacyInFaith.com, there's educational opportunities. Why do you think I have them? Is it's just so for, I can have fun and sit around and, and continue to talk? Well, I do like to talk. But that's not the real purpose. The purpose is so that we can get the body of Christ good information about estate planning, about how to pass whatever we have, whether it's small or whether it's a bunch, properly to the next generation so that they can be successful in God's kingdom with what you've passed on. Some of the heart of Paul Grant, the estate and tax planning attorney, and the Legacy and Faith show is what you're listening to today. Kind of uh, re-summizing his estate planning life cycle, but looking more at the biblical foundations of that. We will continue with this, I'm sure, next week and for a we few will. weeks, because there's eight steps in this estate planning life cycle. If people need more information, again, how do they get in touch with you? Head over to our website, LegacyandFaith.com, podcasts, educational opportunities, ways to communicate with us. All right, the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy and Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyandFaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.